Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Beautiful day, huh? Welcome, friends and families at home. My name is Jericho, and I have the privilege of serving our littlest disciples and their families get to know who God is. I'm so, I'm so excited that you guys have chosen to worship with us this morning. I know that God has you here for a specific reason. And my hope is that you would encounter Jesus in a new, refreshing way. As we were worshiping, I was thinking about the songs we were singing, and I was like, Jesus still speaks today, amen? He still speaks today. We start a new series called The Resurrection Encounters, all right? And the question we're asking is, what happens to people after they've encountered Jesus? You guys ready to turn around? Look at the artwork behind you, folks. That is the story of the people's lives. They used to be black and white, and now they've been transformed into multicolor. Our own Krista Little called up people from our community and said, hey, would you like to do this with me? So if you're one of those folks, be proud. Let's give them a hand, you guys. Those are beautiful. The next several Sundays, we'll look at different people in the Bible who have encountered the risen Christ. And this is what I want to tell you guys. We'll look at Mary Magdalene this morning, but the things that she experienced is also the story that we have today, or the story that you and I are invited to. What happened to Mary Magdalene? She experienced real freedom authentic fellowship, and a hopeful future. And we share in that same story. Why does this matter today? Here's why it matters, right? I look at my friends in my generation and also the generation of my kiddos. I don't want them coming to adulthood saying, hey, Christianity is just a religion. It's just the way that you act. You go to church. You do these things. It's not an encounter with a set of rules, but a person. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah, you guys can clap to that, right? So it's not just them saying, well, we don't like the institution of that religious church. Because what we carry with us is a relationship with Jesus. That we encounter the love and the gentleness and the radical person of who Jesus is. We looked this morning at John 20 at the experience of Mary Magdalene, and she is the first to encounter the risen Jesus. Have you guys stopped to reflect how weighty that is? The first to see the risen Jesus. What happens to her? She experiences real freedom, an authentic fellowship that she belongs to, and a hopeful mission that she is sent to do. Before we dive in, would you pray with me 
as we prepare our hearts this morning. Living Lord Jesus, we thank you for your radical love for us, for me, for every person in this room. God, we pray that as we encounter you through your word this morning, that you would open our eyes, open our hearts. May we receive it with joy. God, may we respond and worship to you as we go back and share your love to our homes and our communities where we play, work, and enjoy life. Thank you, Jesus, that you still speak today. May you be pleased with us this morning. In your name, amen. Point number one, when we encounter Jesus, we can experience real freedom. You're probably asking, freedom? What was she freed from, and what was she freed to do? So follow along in John 20, early Easter morning, it was still dark, Mary and a group of women, you're like, group of women? I thought it was just Mary. There's a clue. She said, she goes in, the stone was removed, the body was not there, she goes running to Simon and the disciples, and listen to this, she says, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we, ah, we don't know where they put his body. So it's not just Mary. There were a bunch of other women. And Peter and John responded by running to the tomb. Women were the first to bring the good news that Jesus was alive. Are you guys ready for pop quiz? Who were the first people who told the good news that Jesus was born the very first Christmas? They were watching over their flocks by night. And suddenly, ah, oh, the shepherds were there, right? The shepherds, they were tending to their flock. And the lowly shepherds were considered thieves during this time. If you hang out with sheep, you're probably stinky, dirty, right? Nobody hung out with them. The same way, I don't think it's a coincidence that women were the first to the tomb. Right? And here is some good news. In a general sense, the good news of Jesus elevates the lowly people, right? The shepherds from their lowly place. They're the first to tell, oh my goodness, Jesus is born. The same way that the marginalized people are honored because of the good news. Women at the first century during Jesus' time, their testimony was less credible in a court of law. And that just was the place that they were at. There's actually a clue again in our passage. Simon, Peter, and John did not believe. They had to see for themselves. Let's go look. It was not enough, their eyewitness accounts. The disciples had to see. The story continues. Peter and John check out the empty tomb, and they leave confused. Hard pause. Do you guys remember where the disciples were during his crucifixion, beating, burial? They were hiding. The women, on the other hand, were there watching from far away. They even knew where they buried Jesus. It says that Good Friday, they were there. They knew. And they had to take Saturday off. They were coming Sunday morning to bring spices to his body. The disciples were hiding. They were afraid. What is it about these women that were so brave to stick by Jesus through all the horrible things that he went through? You guys ready to turn to Luke 8? Turn left on your Bibles. Luke, big number 8, 
chapter 8, verses 2 and 3. While Jesus was ministering on his way to the cross, he had the 12 disciples, but he also had women disciples. And also with Jesus were women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, Susanna, all these women. Back during this time, if you wanted to follow a teacher, you would ask him, would you, can I follow you? Can you please mentor me? Jesus is a different teacher. He calls fishermen. He calls women, and he says, follow me. He says to tax collectors, come follow me. These women were delivered and healed from various diseases and demonic oppression. Mary Magdalene, it says here that she had seven demons that were oppressing her. Mary Magdalene, here's number point, point number one. She experienced freedom. She was healed. Jesus has granted Mary honor back to her and has called her one of the disciples. She knew what spiritual bondage felt like. She came, Jesus came and healed her soul. If you turn left on your Bibles at Luke 4, Jesus says this about his ministry in verse 18. Jesus declares, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Jesus was not just walking around telling people about God's power. He was showing God's power by healing sickness. He was displaying God's power by releasing people from their captivity, especially those spiritually captive. In John 1, 4 and 5, it says, In Jesus was life, and that life was the light for all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you feel the darkness around you, how deep is that darkness? Jesus says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In Colossians 1.13, it says, For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, picked us up, brought us into the kingdom of his son he loves, in whom we have redemption. We've been bought back with the price of Jesus, the forgiveness for our sins. We can experience real freedom in Jesus. We don't know how she was afflicted by demons, we don't know what she experienced. We don't know if she dabbled on some things. We don't know if she was a victim. We don't know if it was a, an illness, but we know that she's been delivered from it. She has been delivered and now experiences real freedom. So story time with Mr. Jericho. I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor, minister, and um, my name was not Jericho growing up. It was, hey, it's the pastor's kid. And they said, just be like that pastor's kid. And I did not like it. I was like, that's too high of a standard for me. And they said, just, just be good like this kid. And I didn't know if I had friends because they wanted to be good. Their parents told them to just hang out with me. And even parents said, you know, just, just be like him. 
And so I could not wait until I had a little ounce of freedom. And I was like, I'm going to show you what a good kid is. So at 13 and 14, I hung out with some just sketchy kiddos. I was doing things, drinking, smoking, and getting home late past my curfew. All because I was responding to the way that I feel like people have rejected me. Right? They said, I don't want to know you. I just want to know your dad, and you're going to influence my kid. Right? And I wanted my parents to, to catch me. Did they catch me? <laughs> no, they did not. That's the worst when you're doing things as a kid, trying to get attention, and your parents just totally didn't even catch any of it. I had a college pastor come to me at 13, 14, say, Jericho, you know you don't have to act this way. You don't have to show us this side. You know that you're loved. I love you. Not because of your dad, not because he's in ministry, but because Jesus loves me. At that point was the first time that I said, maybe this Jesus thing is real, right? Because I was crushed in the weight of the expectation of people. And I needed to be freed from that. And better believe it, the, my faith is constantly God bringing people that have been rejected by the church and to tell them, hey, we've gone the other way and it's not even worth it. You're loved. You're accepted. And I was like, who am I going to marry? Jessica is also a preacher's daughter. Um, so I don't have to explain myself, but she was the straight and narrow. This is the way and she stuck to it. Right? I was the rebellious kid that was like, ah. But you know what? Jesus has set me free. Jesus set Mary free. Mary Magdalene experienced freedom, and that is the same thing that we are invited to. You are invited to a relationship with Jesus. You can be freed from the consequences of your sin, your guilt, and shame. You can be freed from all the worry that knocks at your door. You can have freedom today. And that freedom is found in a relationship with Jesus. Like these brave women who stuck by Jesus because they understood that Jesus loved them and set them free. Ready for point number two? When we encounter Jesus, we experience authentic fellowship. Not only does Mary experience freedom, she now has a new fellowship. She belongs to the family of God with the people who follow Jesus. How do we know this? Back at Luke 8, she was not just mentioned as a woman disciple. At the very end of that, of verse 3, Luke 8, 3, it says these women supported Jesus out of their own means. Here's Jericho talking about money. The women's response to the love of Jesus is to make their lives work and devotion toward his ministry. They understood the freedom that they've been set free from, and now they are living it out. Although their voice and, you know, their testimony in the court of law didn't hold credibility, they did engage economically in this society. Women can own and manage businesses. They can own homes and engage in commerce. The money these women earned supported Jesus' ministry. Going back to John 20, right? Peter and John left. Mary stayed by the tomb crying. She was inconsolable. She didn't even notice that there were two angels there. What happens when people encounter angels 
in the Bible. Yeah, they, they fear, right? And they, they say, don't be afraid. Imagine being the angels. You're like, hey, we're going to meet Mary today. That's in our agenda. Did you practice the do not be afraid? All right. They show up to Mary, and she's just crying. They couldn't even say their line. They said, uh, ma'am, excuse me, why are you crying? And she says, they have taken my Lord away. I don't know where they have put him. From this comment, we could see that she's so distraught. She was not even, you know, greeted with fear. And she didn't think Jesus was back, back to life. Maybe somebody took his body away. And then, here's the cool part. Jesus, the resurrected Christ, shows up. And he, and he says, woman. Pause there. He's not condescending. He's saying, ma'am, excuse me, ma'am. It's super respectful. Jesus says, ma'am, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Still, she's like, "Ah," inconsolable. She thought it was a gardener, and she says, sir, if you have taken his body, please let me know that I may take it back. Can you hear the devotion in her voice? Jesus calls her by name, Mary. Hard pause. She knows that voice. In John 10, 3, here's the cool part about this. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know my voice. They listen to me. When Jesus calls Mary by her name, the Holy Spirit says, hey, this is your Lord. This is the Messiah. Upon hearing it, she says, teacher, the man who she supported financially, the man who set her free, the man who she watched get beaten and crushed and buried was in front of her. In Hebrews 3, 7 to 14, it says this, Today, if you hear Jesus' voice, do not harden your heart. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Encourage one another daily in verse 13, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ. Turn to Jesus today. This is the same invitation. You are invited to this fellowship with the Lord. He's been passionately pursuing you. He loves you so much. He wants to set you free. He wants to put you in a new family. Do not turn away from his voice. Do not harden your heart today from him. Let's look at this. In this passage, there's two ways to have a hard heart. One is rejecting God's plan and saying, you know what, I'm going to go my own way. Right? I don't don't really care what you have to say, God. I'm going to go this way. The second is maybe if God's right here, there's a barrier between you and God. Maybe there's unforgiven sin, unconfessed sin. And you're still waiting for freedom from that. So point number one, if you've rejected God, maybe you're tired of going your own way. You keep trying to hold on and be the master of your own destiny. It's too heavy a burden. If you're putting your hope, all of it, in your strength, in your abilities, in your own success, more more than likely it's not enough. It might even fail you. Listen carefully. God is strong enough to carry the burden of your destiny. 
Not only that, he wants to send you to a new family, a supportive church to carry your burden with you. Your life is not to be left, your life is not to be lived alone. Maybe it's time to submit and surrender to Jesus. Turn back to him. If you have unconfessed sin and there's a barrier between you and God, maybe you've been struggling with the same guilt. Maybe the weight of your sin cannot be hidden anymore. It's affecting your relationship with God, with those around you. It's affecting your view of yourself. Jesus offers freedom. Jesus can handle it. He went to the cross for this very thing. Maybe it's time to belong to a church family, to a real authentic family. The verse tells us to turn to each other. Be a Christian friend to somebody. Encourage them daily. Don't let their heart be hardened by sin. We live in a culture where people just want to cancel each other. Maybe you're not aware enough. You don't know what's happening socially. And people just want to write people off. Jesus is our example and our glue. This is the good news. Jesus came to us when we were weak, when we were enemies of God. Turn to one another. That's our example. Turn with love. And the glue that makes us stick together is Jesus himself. Love each other with the love of Christ. Be a home to somebody. Be hospitable to them. It says in this verse to confess our sin to one another and let the Lord forgive. If we confess our sin collectively, Jesus is faithful and will forgive us our sins. He paid for it on the cross. Mary's experience of authentic fellowship can, your, can be your experience too. You can have this same authentic relationship with Jesus and his people. You guys want to look around at each other? Aha, pretty handsome. Some church growth people would say, hey, we're kind of like Legos. We have like six little, you know, buttons in us so we can be connected to six people. I think you guys can be connected to more, right? So if you are feeling, oh my goodness, I'm so isolated. I need to be more connected. Look around you. In children's ministry, I tell people all the time, hey, have a buddy. Have a buddy that will call you out in high school. Be like, hey, didn't you go to Tenawana with me? Aren't you a Christian kid too? Right? We need people. You guys will shine together in Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley, Costa Mesa, online. The world needs an example of you guys shining your light. Third point, when we encounter Jesus, we can experience a hopeful future. Back in our story of John 20, as soon as Mary sees the risen Jesus, she gets her marching orders. She has a very special mission that she has to carry out. Jesus says his mission is to go back to the Father. He was going back to heaven so that the Holy Spirit might come and spread the good news of Jesus' kingdom to the world. And Mary receives her mission, her future. She's to tell others about two things. One, that Jesus is alive. And two, that we are part of Jesus' family. It's not just Jesus is God, it's our God too. It's not just Jesus is Abba Father, it's your and I's Abba Father. So pause, 
how is it that an ordinary woman from a fishing village in Magdala gets set free from her struggles, experiences a new fellowship with Jesus and the church, and she's now the first person to see the risen Jesus? We love stories like this, right? Ordinary people with extraordinary experiences. And her job is to tell the 11 disciples who've been hiding, by the way, to tell them that he is alive. Could you imagine? She's not just the person who saw the stone not in the right place. She didn't just look in the tomb. While she was crying outside, Jesus meets her. And Romans 10, 14 and 15 is a great summary of her ministry. Listen here. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching or telling them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Folks, this is our same story. Someone was sent to tell you the good news of Jesus' love, his forgiveness, his sacrifice, him conquering death, sin, and shame. And now you and I are commanded to tell others, to declare to our friends and our family that Jesus is alive. She, Mary says, I have seen my Lord, my Lord. In Romans 10, 9 to 13, it says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is in your heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. She says, I've seen my Lord. The Holy Spirit has worked in her. She heard Jesus' voice. She's experienced Jesus, the light of the world that drives out the darkness. She's experienced freedom, an authentic fellowship, and a hopeful future. Her story is our story too. The same story that you and I are invited to. Have you experienced this freedom? Have you found authentic fellowship? Have you have any idea the impact that you have for the Lord where you are? Let me break it down, and this is my last thing. Right? What are the three things? Freedom, fellowship, and a future. Maybe you have point number one. Maybe God has set you free, and you have this personal relationship with Jesus, but you've struggled to find a fellowship. Maybe you've struggled to find... What is it that you were made to do? Please consider joining us. We're not perfect. We want to be faithful as we live for the Lord. Maybe you have point number two. Maybe you've been invited to a bunch of this pretty and handsome community here, and you're still wondering, do I believe this Jesus stuff? Or you're probably saying, I know I'm made for something bigger than myself. Please consider talking to the person who brought you, the person that invited you. And the third thing, maybe the future. Maybe you know that you're so passionate about children's ministry, the next generation, to tell them about, hey, be good citizens. That's a shameless plug for kids' ministry. 
Maybe you know what you're passionate about and you want to bless others, but you're still, you're almost believing about Jesus. And maybe you're like, I don't know where I should do this. Please join us. Maybe you have two out of three. Maybe you know the freedom and you've been part of the fellowship, but you're looking for ways that you can use the gifts that God's given you. We're invited to this same story. Has Jesus set you free? Have you found an authentic fellowship? Do you have your marching orders? You are invited. Would you guys pray the Lord's Prayer with me this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors. And lead, lead us, us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpc.com.